And I always, I'm always fascinated every time we open up God's Word, whether it's privately and personally or whether it's corporately like this, just how God's Word is this living, organic um, word of truth that just has such an impact on us every single time. Our prayer, my prayer is that as we look into his word, that these words will be more than just words on a page, but they will inspire. They will maybe create desire, that they will push you to maybe get out of your comfort zone. Maybe these words will challenge you and convict you and will and because of that, will transform you as well. So we're looking forward to what God has in store for us as we open up his word. And, and we're, we just started this series last week, and we will see it through this week and the next. And it's just this idea of understanding these rhythms that God has built into our lives. The, these rhythms of rest and renewal. And you know what? It's been pretty overwhelming. I think we can all agree over these past few weeks, uh, few years, hasn't it? We we went through this pandemic, and then we th- and then we're kind of coming out of this pandemic, and then we go into this massive war that's going on in the Ukraine. It just feels like there's always something new happening in the news. I was reading some research about pandemic fatigue, and it is a real thing. It really, truly is that people felt that they were actually surprised that they were so tired, actually exhausted, worn out as they were coming out of this pandemic. Because many people report that their schedules maybe weren't as busy as they were pre-COVID. Maybe they weren't doing as much, but they felt more exhausted than even before the pandemic. Why is that? Why is it that maybe we felt more exhausted coming out of that before entering? Because there are a lot of different ways we can actually wear ourselves out. It's not just by a busy schedule. There's a lot of different ways that we can just be weighed down in our life and just experience exhaustion and weariness. And we're in this series called Rhythms. And we're going to be talking about how we can find this rest and this renewal in Jesus Christ. Even when the world at times, and it seems like it's frequent, that just feels like it's just spinning out of control. It just seems like we live in this chaotic world. And you're probably thinking, Bill, how can I experience rest in this chaotic world? Well, you can't on your own. The only way you can experience rest and renewal, even in a world that is, seems to be out of control, is only in and through Jesus Christ. Yet it's something that we can experience, but it's something we have to work towards. It doesn't just happen. It's something that we actually have to be intentional with in our life, that I'm going to be intentional with rest and renewal. So this word rhythm is just this idea of living with this intentional movement to a certain beat. And we want to understand, what is God's beat for my life? What is God's beat for your life? What should our lives even look like? What are the rhythms of our lives that God has built in? And I would just say this. If you are a follower of Jesus here today, the rhythm we move to should be different than the rest of the world. It should be different. Last week, we, 
we looked at Genesis 1. And we looked at this idea of understanding God as creator and God as shepherd. And we saw from this, the Genesis account that God actually built certain rhythms into creation. That there's this beat he calls us to live to. And if we honor that rhythm, we are told, and it is shown in Scripture, that we actually experience this rest and this renewal. And if we don't live by these rhythms, then we probably feel like most of us feel like. Worn out. Weighed down. Weary. Burdened. Exhausted. And at one point, as we would talk about this, and maybe even 10 years ago, the, the main concept and idea was busy schedules. You know, you need to not have as much as a busy schedule. And can I suggest it's not just only a busy schedule. That you, we can't just say, well, it's a busy schedule. And if we can change that, then we can experience maybe rest in our life. Can I say there's something deeper going on below the surface on top of our busy schedules? And it's a distracted mind. It's a distracted mind that also causes us to feel worn out and exhausted. You know, we have time to sit, right? But what do we do with that time? When we do find some spare time, what do we do with that? So I want to ask a few questions so that we can be a little bit more diagnostic with all of this, of what's going on. And, and these are going to just be some yes and no questions about the busyness of your life and the distractedness of your mind. Now, if it is true for you, you can say yes, or you can raise your hand, whatever it is, Consider this as this is essentially going to be like a mass confession time for all of us. So if it's true, you can say yes and say it out loud. If you're by yourself, say it out loud anyways. It's good to hear ourselves speak some stuff out loud so we can actually hear it. Okay, here's some other questions that I want you to answer. So first question is this. I've cut through a gas station to avoid stopping at a red light. If that's true, say yes. Now, when I use the restroom, I like to take my cell phone in there with me. Now, wait a second. Before you say anything, maybe you shouldn't say yes, especially if you're watching this or listening to this with more than one person. Um, I don't think we want to hear that, right, in your mind. But you know what? Stats show the vast majority of us take a phone in to the washroom. Next question. I don't remember the last time I went a day with checking my phone. I don't remember the last time I went a day without checking my phone. Next one. I often look at multiple screens at the same time. It could be that you're on the computer screen, but also watching TV, or you could be watching, sitting on the couch watching TV and being on your phone, or being on your laptop, or being on your iPad, or whatever it is. I often look at multiple screens at the same time. If that's true, say yes, or raise your hand, whatever you're doing. Next one. People who talk slowly irritate me. People who talk slowly irritate me. And the last one. I often switch lines because I think the one I'm in is too slow. Think of yourself at the grocery store or, or, 
or any type of a store like that. And we all do it. We gauge the lines and we try to pick which one, which line is going to be the quickest. If you find me in a line, um, I've, I usually pick the wrong one. So if you see me in a line, don't get behind me. So I often switch lines because you're standing and you see the other one might be moving faster and you go over to that one and then there's someone that's in front of you that wants a price check on every single item that they have. Here's the point in all this, that it's hard for us to actually slow down, isn't it? And the thing is, today it's accepted. It's this concept and this idea, it's actually accepted. And yet what we see in scripture is that God actually takes this area of rest and renewal in your life extremely seriously. I think we live in a time when people just feel exhausted and they feel worn out. And if that's you here today, I've got some really great news for you. And here it is. This is a sermon that's not meant to be heavy burden. I don't want part to put on you where you've come in already and you're already feeling tired. And I make you feel guilty. And now that you feel more tired than you did before you came, this is not go, that's not the intent to add on extra burden for you. But here's the thing. Jesus has invited you, has invited you to come to him and find rest for your soul. And in your tiredness, chances are you're, you're tired to find some way. You've tried to find some way to soothe your soul. Maybe you've tried certain things. You distract your soul from the exhaustion it feels. Yet Jesus invites us to come to him to find that rest. The gospel of Mark, it's a gospel that's actually, you could say it's written quickly. And, by, and what I mean by that, written quickly, it seems that if you read Mark, Mark moves from one scene to the next, to the next, to the next. And probably Mark's favorite word that he uses in his gospel is probably the word immediately. Like, he immediately goes here, then immediately goes here. Then, like, there's just a, these quick transitions in Mark. It's his favorite transition that he uses in his gospel. Yet what you see as you read this gospel, even in this fast-paced narrative of Jesus' life that Mark is providing, he actually also goes out of his way to make sure that we actually understand that Jesus was living life with a certain rhythm that we also need to live by. So right, you know, in chapter one, right out of the gate, we find that Jesus is already super popular already. Crowds are already following him. Crowds are surrounding the house that he finds himself in or that he's staying in. And it says this, in the first chapter, verse 35, it says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He's living with this rhythm. It's busy. There's crowds everywhere. He wakes up early in the morning, leaves the house, and goes to a quiet place to pray. Jesus needed to do that in his life, which means we definitely would need to live by that type of rhythm. 
In chapter 2, Jesus explains the Sabbath to the people. He says this. He says, the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. See, God wants you to experience rest because he cares for you. That's what his intent is. He cares for you so much he wants you to experience this rest. He's actually made rest for you. It's not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be a blessing to you. And in chapter 6 in Mark, a really busy time again in Jesus' life and in his ministry, the disciples at this time, they're worn out, they're tired, and specifically they're hungry. And it feels like this is the time that Jesus would say something like inspiring to them, to lift their spirits and, and, and stuff like that. But he, listen to what he says to them. They're feeling exhausted, worn out. They're super hungry. Jesus says this in verse 31 of Mark 6. He says, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I love that. I love that about Jesus and just that's the, the intent. That's the rhythm that he lives, but he wants us to live. Jesus saw that his disciples were worn out. They were tired. And he says, hey guys, come with me. Just let's come with me, let's get away from all of this, and let's get some rest. And I want you to hear that this is the invitation of Jesus to you today. Some have come here today, you've tuned in today, and you, you're just used to feeling like anytime there's a sermon or there's a message from God, it's kind of like, it's, you kind of feel like you hear this, you, you need to do more, or you're not doing enough, and what you are doing, you could do better, right? It's exhausting. And here's Jesus giving us this different kind of invitation, a different invita an invitation that's different than any other invitation we might receive from people. He says, come to me by yourself to a quiet place and let's get some rest. Come to me by yourself. Let's go to a quiet place and let's just, let's get some rest. See, Jesus knows how God made us. And he's intentional to teach us to live with this type of a rhythm in our lives. That that's his desire for us. There's a book called Overcoming Overload. And addresses our tendency to not live with space and margin and rest and things like that. And I kind of adapted it to our purposes here today. It actually illustrates how we tend to approach life. Now, it's a metaphor, but I'm going to put up a few sentences here on the screen. And I want to see how well you can read it. So I'm going to put it up on the screen, and I want you to see how well you can read it. I'll give you a few moments. Let me just go ahead and 
and read what this paragraph says to you. This sentence may be difficult for you to read quickly because all of the punctuation marks and spaces have been removed. Raise your hand in the air if you've read this far. Not that hand, the other hand. Some of you have read this far, but you still haven't raised your hand. You're probably the same people who only wash your hands in the bathroom if someone is in there to witness it. So, nothing super deep or theological about this paragraph, right? These are just some sentences thrown together. But I wanted to use this as a visual metaphor. Because up until around 1,200 years ago, language looked like that slide on the screen. No spaces, no punctuations, no periods, no commas, no semicolons, no nothing. Then somebody finally comes along and they start putting in spaces, margins, periods, commas. And when they do that, people at that time, they don't like it at all. Because it's not what they're used to. They're used to everything being squeezed together. And it actually takes them a while to get used to it. And once they do get used to it, it starts to make a lot of sense to them. But first, it's weird and it's uncomfortable. And I would say that's where many of us are in this conversation. We're used to everything in our lives being pushed together. We're used to not living our life with space and margin. We're used to living life as one big, long, run-on sentence. So when we try to finally build some space into our lives, we, we can get a little stir-crazy, right? And it doesn't feel natural at all. It actually feels forced, right? So Jesus invites us. He invites us to live differently. Last week we talked about daily and weekly rhythms that God ordained for his people in the Old Testament to live by and, and, and how to honor him. Today by following those same, and I want us to figure out what those rhythms can be so we can honor God. And having these daily and weekly intentional times built in for rest. You know, think of those. I, I gave you a challenge to, to try to come up with some daily rhythms this past week. I hope you tried it. And I'm sure at the beginning, and maybe it still does, it felt weird. It felt forced. Push through that. Push through that. You need to have these daily intentional times built in. And we talked about these weekly rhythms, right? You know, we looked at the Sabbath, where we take a day. And we set aside the busyness of life, the distraction of our minds, and we use it to be replenished physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I think what happens is we start off and we know we need to make some changes. I think we can understand that because we reach a place where we're just tired and we know something has to change. And we need to rest more intentionally. So we rest a little bit. We do it a little bit. We kind of catch our breath, right? And then we go even harder and even faster after that rest. It's almost like to make up for that restful time. We want to prove some things to ourselves. And then as we do that, for many of us, everything starts to become a competition in our life. And, and as it, that happens, it all soon becomes even more tiring and more exhausting. 
I don't know what it will look like for you, but this week I tried to put in some daily rhythms. I tried to turn my phone off at a certain time every single day and just said, and just turn my phone off. I wouldn't be distracted by it. I wouldn't use it. And if there's any super important emergencies, people know my, my landline at home. I tried to go to bed a little bit earlier to try to get a little bit more rest. I tried to get back into my gym routine. Now, I'm not saying I was successful in all that. Um, I was semi-successful in turning off my phone at a certain time, semi-successful at trying to go to bed earlier every day. I was not successful at all this past week of trying to get back into my gym routine. But we need to try to be intentional in our lives. So there's some rhythms. And I want to challenge you to try and find what those rhythms are in your life that works for you, right? And I want you to come against the thinking that we can easily fall into. You know, I've got a lot to do right now, so maybe I'll think about it tomorrow. Or I've got other things to be thinking about, so I need to think about that instead of, you know, and, and that's the problem. We say we're too busy. Matthew 11, Jesus gives another invitation that I'd love to encourage you to hold on to today and throughout this week and just use it to help in your seasons of rest. Jesus makes an invitation to people who are exhausted by religion. They're used, in this time, they're used to religious leaders just piling on burden after burden after burden. And Jesus comes to them with a very much a very much different invitation than they've experienced up to this part. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, in verses 28 to 30. It's, a, it's an invitation I think a lot of us are aware of or familiar with or at least have heard at least once. And he says this. He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take up my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I want you to just think about that just for a second. Jesus offers an invitation to come, to come and join him. Now, according to this invitation, what is the only prerequisite that you need to come. It's if you're tired, weary, burdened. That's the prerequisite that, that, that you need to have to come and join him. Some feel that I can't come to Jesus because I'm just not qualified to come to him. I'm not getting done what I need to get done. My religious resume isn't very impressive at all. But Jesus says to you, he says, come to me, those who are what? Who are weary, tired, heavy burdened. Not the super religious, not the impressive resume. Those who are tired and weary and burdened. And then he says after that, he says, I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. Have you ever been around someone who's the opposite of that? 
harsh and critical. It's anything but restful, right? Being around people that are harsh and critical all the time, it empties you, right? It exhausts you. It, it tires you out. And Jesus says, I'm not like that. I'm not like these other religious leaders. I'm going to give you more and more burden. I'm not like that. I'm not harsh. I'm not critical. I'm gentle. And I'm humble. So he says, come to me if you're weary and burdened. And here's what you'll find, he says. He says, I'm gentle and humble. And he uses this picture of a yoke. He says, my yoke is easy. Now, we know what a yoke is, right? A yoke was used to pull a cart or a plow. So, so what a yoke would do is they would hook up two animals within this yoke. At that time, probably a lot of oxen that they would use. They would hook up these two animals so they would pull this cart or this plow together. And usually within the yoke, what they would do is usually one of the animals would be a weaker or less experienced and the other that was put into this yoke was stronger and more experienced. And Jesus says, I invite you to join me. My yoke is easy. I'm the stronger, more experienced one. I'm the one that's going to be leading you. I'm the one that's going to take most of the weight on my shoulders to carry for you. And your weight, your side of the yoke, it's going to be light, and it's going to be easier. Jesus says, I invite you to join me in this. My yoke is easy. He doesn't say that your life is easy. He says that your yoke is easy. That there's this strength that you actually find in accepting his invitation that you don't have on your own. It doesn't mean that everything's going to change for you right away. Or it doesn't mean that everything's now all of a sudden going to become smooth and straightforward to you, but he's with you in that journey. He's right there, hooked in, right beside you, and he's walking with you. So how do we find time to do that? To respond to this invitation that he's giving us? I think for many, the challenge is that we really underestimate how adding one or two more things actually impacts the whole and this is true for me, a lot. I'll say yes to something, and it doesn't seem like I've added much to my plate, but when I've said yes, it has added weight to all the other things I've already said yes to. There's this math concept called Fibonacci numbers. I don't know if you learned about it or remember it during math, but there's this concept called Fibonacci numbers, where the way that you count is not one, two, three, but it's different. It's you have the first number, and then whatever that second number is, you add those two, that's the third, and then you add the, the second and the third, and that's the fourth number. It kind of looks like this slide here, right? That's what it looks like. That's the concept of Fibonacci. It's not one, two, three, four, five. It's one, one, two, three, five, eight, thirteen, twenty-one, thirty-four, fifty-five, eighty-nine, one hundred and forty-four, and on and on and on. What is that? It's this compounding effect. 
that's going on here, right? And this actually has been helpful to me to better understand what happens in my mind and what happens in my schedule. I'll be doing, say, like eight things. And someone might come along and say, well, what about this ninth thing? Like, you can do that, right? And, I, and you shall say, yeah, you know what? I'm already doing eight, right? What's one more thing? And it feels like I've gone from eight to nine. I'm doing eight, and now I'm doing nine things. But on this Fibonacci scale, I've actually gone from 21 to 34, right? You see how that works. There's this compounding effect that's going on that you're not just adding one more thing, but it's this added weight of everything else that you're doing, and it's this compounding effect. And the more that you say yes, the bigger that number goes. But here's the great thing about this compounding effect. It also is the same when it goes the other way. When you go from 9 to 8 or 8 to 7, right? If you go from 8 to 7, it goes from 21 to 13. So we need to learn to be more intentional with our yes and our no's because of this compounding effect of everything that we put on our plate. I want to end by giving you some questions here today. Some questions to ask yourself to see if you're experiencing this kind of rest that Jesus wants you to have for your souls. Question number one. Does it replenish me physically? you got to ask that. Does it replenish me physically? Does it give my body rest? My physical body, does it give my body rest? Next question we need to ask ourselves. Does it restore me emotionally? Does it restore me emotionally? There are a lot of things that we can do while doing nothing that actually drains us emotionally. Sometimes you almost think of the opposite. If you might be someone that, because of your job or your, cir- your circumstances, say you have an office job, right? And you're sitting, and you're just used to sitting at a desk all day long. To experience this, you got to think of the opposite. I need to be active. Maybe I'll go out for a walk. Maybe I'll go to the gym. And that actually helps to restore. That's why I, that's why I got into a good, solid routine of going to the gym, because I, knew, I know I do... I, can easily do a lot of sitting at a desk because of what my job entails. Or maybe if your job entails, you, you, you're very, it's a very physical job and you're always on the go. Maybe for you, you just need for you to experience this rest emotionally and otherwise, you got to think about, I just need to take a seat. I need to just sit down, put my feet up and do that, right? So does it restore me? Emotionally, does it reconnect me relationally with what you're doing, the rhythms that you're living by, the, the rest that you want to experience? Does it reconnect me relationally? And you, the thing is, you see this throughout the whole entire Old Testament. When the Bible would talk about rest, it's almost always done with the understanding that it's something that we do with other people, Right? Most of the time, when you would honor the Sabbath and live with these rhythms, it was always done in community. So through your rest, is it reconnecting you relationally? And lastly, does it renew me spiritually? Does it renew me spiritually? Does it help me reconnect with God, with what I'm doing? 
Psalm 46 reminds us of this amazing idea of reconnecting with God and finding rest. And as we rest and experience renewal and just having the opportunity to renew ourselves spiritually, Psalm 46, remember, it says this. It says, be still and know that I am God. Do you have that in your life? Do you have those moments in your life? Like we do that here, right? Like we're, we're doing that right now. We're renewing ourselves spiritually. We're connecting with God. And yet I know that some of you are thinking, man, shouldn't he be wrapping it up by now? Like, you know, he, he's, he's not acting like he's almost done. He's actually acting like he's actually got a lot more to say. Well, I got a little bit more to say. And here it is. So you take time. And in that time, you remind yourself through prayer, through worship, through scripture, God is God. Remember, that's what rest and renewal is really all about. It's reminding us that God is God and we are not. He is in control. We are not. That is the concept and the idea of finding rest. It's reminding us we are not God. And I encourage you, find some time to do that. When we do this, we are honoring God. We're honoring the way that we've been made and the rhythm to which we are meant to be living by. And we reach a place where we can recognize it's not us. This isn't about us. It's, it's not on me. I'm called to honor and glorify God. And I can't do this on my own. And that's why I need to, to live in these rhythms. And one of the best places you can be in your life is when you finally recognize all this, when you recognize that God is the one who's in control. Rest will allow you to see that. God is the one who's in control. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He lets me partner with him. But things only move or things only get done because of him and not because of us. So we need to find these rhythms and we need to live within these rhythms that God has built into creation, that he has built into your life. Accept the invitation of Jesus here today of coming to him. Those of you who are weary, tired, and burdened, you will find rest. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this teaching of and reminder of rest and renewal. We thank you for the invitation that you give us. And it's a much different invitation than what we're used to. You're asking us to come to you. Not, not those who are super elite, elite Christians, not those of us that have the most impressive resumes. We've saved the most people. You ask us, those of you who are tired and weary and heavy burdened, you just come to me and you find rest. And Lord, I pray that today we accept your invitation of coming to you to find rest, of coming to you, of, of going to a quiet place to find rest, of coming to you and, and coming under your yoke, which is easy and is light, where we can refresh our souls. So Lord, I pray that we find rest in you 
and that you show us these rhythms, you show us these things that, that we can live in to find and experience this rest and this renewal that we know you take extremely seriously in our life. Help us with this. Reveal to us the, the areas where we need to work on and the areas where we need to be intentional in. We pray this in your name. Amen.